2: This is the Starship Sova. Everybody, welcome. Hello and welcome to show 542. I am your host, Tony C. Smith. Hello, everyone. Hope everyone is fine and dandy. We have a story. Oh, have we got a story for you today? Before that, as you know, Patreon. we are now standing at 417. Yes, we up one notch there. Big thank you to Mary Douglas. Mary, what can I say? You are a star. Thank you so much, indeed. So I've got no real gossip today. I just, I ha well, I've got a. If you ever, if you wanted to kind of flick over to YouTube, I tr- we tried water irrigation with a drone, and I did <laughs> it failed. But you know, if you wanted to watch that, go over there and watch that. I'm trying to an easy way to work me garden flowers. Anyway, let's get into the main fiction. Like I say, it is The Language of Flowers by Ian Creasy. This story originally appeared in Analog May 2016. Ian Creasy lives in Yorkshire, England. He has published 70-odd stories in magazines and anthologies. The Language of Flowers is a sequel to Armand and Chase, which was podcast on Starship Sova in episode 533, which was April 2018. But don't worry if you didn't catch this previous story, as this one is a standalone. Now, this story as well is narrated by the good, the bad, and, well, no (laughs) Where am I going with that one, Matt? (laughs) Matt Dovey is a tall and very English and most likely drinking a cup of tea right now. He has a scar on his arm that he can't remember getting. But a terrible darkness floods his mind when he considers it. He now lives in a quiet market town in rural England with his wife and three children. And despite being a writer, he still hasn't found the right words to properly express, I love reading this with mine, the delight and the joy he finds in this wonderful arrangement. So, the Starship Suva is very proud to present The Language of Flowers by Ian Creasy
1: Every morning I harvested the most luscious blooms from the gardens for display in the showroom. Today the quince blazed with bright orange blossom, so I cut a few twigs. As I carried them inside, I sniffed the flowers to check the engineered pheromones. A wave of longing overtook me, a sudden urge to do something mischievous and subversive. After a few seconds it receded, and I was my usual business-like self again. One side of the shop showcased the most popular plants from the Victorian language of flowers. I removed some fading poppies and installed the quince in their place. Then I replaced the old label, Poppy, Consolation, with a new sign that said, Quince, Temptation. The other side of the showroom displayed Harriet's custom flowers. We'd only been producing pheromone-enhanced plants for a year, and Harriet was already designing new flowers to convey new meanings. She said that life had become more complicated since the 19th century, so the flower language needed more words. Harriet wanted to stretch herself as an artist. I just wanted to sell enough plants to keep us afloat. While I awaited the day's customers, I attacked my inbox. The first email came from the Lavender Marketing Board. Dear Mr Chase, thank you for your message explaining the Victorian origins of the language of flowers. Although lavender used to mean mistrust, we feel that's very much obsolete. Today the herb has far more positive associations. We suggest that you rebrand lavender with an upbeat meaning such as affection or prestige. Since I'd already received my tactful response, I replied If you have a problem with the traditional vocabulary, I recommend that you invent a time machine and take it up with the Victorians directly. I looked up for my laptop when the first customer arrived, a young woman with large earrings in the shape of crescent moons. New visitors always pause just inside the doorway, overwhelmed by the scents from all the cut blooms and potted plants. Augmenting the flowers' inherent odours, the pheromones had their own effects. Naturally, I only display flowers whose meanings are neutral or positive, certainly no lavender. I wouldn't make many sales if my clients got a whiff of mistrust at the till. After she'd recovered herself, the visitor didn't glance at any of my carefully crafted displays. She walked straight to the counter and said, I hear you're doing the flowers for Miles Gilbert's memorial service. Yes, we are. I delegated this task to the staff florist who handled routine work, and it's all going to be in the language of flowers, is it? Her body language was stiff, her expression tense. From her accent, I pegged her as local, either Devon or Cornwall. Harriet and I have lived here for five years, but we still sound like outsiders. Our commission is in the language because that's what we do. I replied. "'I don't know if other flowers will come from elsewhere.' She fell silent for a long moment, as though nerving herself up to something. "'I'm Travis Chase,' I said to fill the pause. "'Can I get you a tea or a coffee?' "'I guess you're the Chase in Almondon, Chase. "'Does that mean you make the flowers?' I smiled and shook my head. "'Harriet Ormond does all the design work. "'She's in the greenhouse right now. "'But you do take commissions. "'Yes, if it's something we can make.' At the right price, I added to myself. She tapped her fingers on the counter with nervous energy. I think I do need that coffee, she said. I'm Vanessa Jalbert. My old Gilbert was my grandfather. I'm sorry for your loss, I said as I made drinks. We sat in the easy chairs by the window. Not that much of a loss, Vanessa said. He was a fucking racist asshole. I raised my eyebrows. I presume that's not the official epitaph. Probably not. "'I imagine it would be something like "'local graves for local people "'keep immigrants out of British cemeteries. "'Miles Gilbert had been a controversial figure "'on Cornwall's county council. "'He'd lived nearby, across the river, "'dividing Cornwall from Devon.' "'Vanessa sighed. "'It's such a relief to say that. "'Ever since he died, everyone wants to pretend he was perfect, "'especially the rest of the family. "'Of course, none of them had to bear the brunt of it. "'I gazed at her with curiosity.' Her skin was as white as my own. She reached into her handbag and brought out her phone. On screen, a photo showed two small boys with dark faces and cornrow hair. He used to call them little monkeys, she said. If they were playing outside in the twilight, he'd say, Where are you? I can't see you. He thought it was funny. And if I complained, it'd accuse me of overreacting. Where's your sense of humour? he'd say. Then he'd ask if they wanted a banana. Her fingers whitened as she clenched the phone. For a moment, I thought it might break. And she shoved it in her bag and took a gulp of coffee. Sorry to unload that onto you. I guess you don't need every detail, but I just want you to know what he was like. It sounds awful, I said. I'm sorry you had to go through that. I sympathised, yet I also wanted her to hurry up and tell me why she'd come. My Aunt Janice said she'd sort out the flowers, Vanessa said. "What she bought? I called up the order on my laptop. At Cyprus for mourning, of course. To represent his life, it's red clover for hard work, cardinal flowers for distinction, white chrysanthemum for truth, uh, the usual kind of stuff. June was too early for regular chrysanthemums, but all our engineer plants had an extended flowering season. "'Truth!' she exclaimed bitterly. "'That's not the truth!' I shrugged. "'The language of flowers is like any other language. "'You can lie with it. Nobody's on oath at a funeral.' we've had the funeral already,' Vanessa said. "'This is the memorial service, and there'll be even more speeches. "'I can't stand any more bullshit about him. "'I want to show what he was really like. "'Can you make a flower that means racism?' "'I frowned. "'That's a new one. You've never been asked for that.' "'Making a racism flower could be controversial. "'After our previous trouble with the poisonous politicians, "'I didn't want to jeopardise the business again. "'Does it have to be racism?' I asked. There are plants in the Victorian language of flowers that might fit. Basil, for hatred. Marigolds, for cruelty. She shook her head. They're not specific enough. I want his sins to be named and shamed. If my sons are going to sit beside me while we listen to people talking about how wonderful he was, then I need to see a reminder of the truth. It might put you in trouble with the family, I said. Vanessa shrugged. I should have stood up to them a long time ago. This is my last chance. If I don't make a fuss about it now, then I'll hate myself for never fighting back. My family always said, hey, he's old, he doesn't mean anything by it, he just has a rotten sense of humour. But he did mean it. He hated outsiders. He was head of the Stannery League, Cornwall for the Cornish. I didn't have time to listen to her grandfather's life story. You don't need to justify yourself to me, I said. If someone buys red clover, I don't ask them to prove how industrious they are. Then you'll do it, she asked eagerly. It'll be a rush job. I need to ask Harriet if she can fit it in. I paused. A new commission is more expensive than our regular stock. There's a lot of work involved in crafting the flower, installing the pheromone. Yeah, I understand, she interrupted. I can find the money. Ordinarily, I'd love to hear anyone say that. I'm a businessman, after all. And it wasn't so long since we'd almost gone bankrupt following our run-in with the austerity rebels. As I watched Vanessa Jalbert stride out of the shop, stiff and full of tension, I couldn't help wondering whether this commission would really make her happy. While my assistant manned the showroom over lunch, I went to the kitchen and made sandwiches for Harriet. When she's deep into a pomonics project, which is most of the time, she forgets to eat. She doesn't notice being hungry, or indeed anything else. If the apocalypse ever arrives, all you'll see afterward is a few cockroaches scuttling around, and Harriet in a smashed greenhouse, still busy tinkering with seeds. Carrying the sandwiches and a jug of iced fruit juice, I crossed the gardens via my summer route through the mint and buttercups, so I could inhale the pleasant odours of virtue and riches. I avoided the quince, because I knew which temptation would afflict me. I'd be tempted to abandon this commission without telling Harriet. The whole thing smelled of trouble. As strongly as if it had a tailored pheromone for danger. But I knew Harriet would want to take it on, and if I avoided telling her, then I'd regret it. One day I would catch a whiff of honesty and blurt out the truth. I opened the authorized personnel only gate at the end of the garden and saw Harriet through the glass walls of the experimental hot house. Before entering, I paused to admire her profile as she leaned over a tray of seedlings. She wore a vivid turquoise T-shirt and she pinned a single bloom of white hollyhock into her hair. The interior was warm, humid and quiet. As the plants were too young to produce scent, I only smelled compost and the metallic tang of growth accelerants. I unfolded the visitor's chair, sat down and shared out the sandwiches. ''Someone just asked us to make a flower that represents racism,'' I said. Harriet's eyes brightened with eagerness. ''Racism? That's a good challenge. I guess it should be an ugly flower.'' "'probably white, the papery-diseased-looking white "'that comes from having no pigment cells, "'and thorns. "'Or is that too obvious? "'Maybe no thorns, but a long, smooth stem, "'the kind where the flower flopped over without support.' "'She gestured with a soil-encrusted hand "'while the words kept tumbling out. "'As for the smell, I can whip up a pheromone easily enough, "'a combination of hatred and pride and fear. "'But the scent will speak for itself. "'Words are too crude to describe what scent can evoke. "'How much time have we got?' Uh, "'Just over two weeks.' Harriet sagged back in her chair. ''That's annoying. I can't create a whole new flower in that time. I'll have to find some existing stock and implant the pheromone into it.'' A new plant needed time to germinate and grow, even with accelerants. Pheromone installation was easier, because all our plants had the same scent-emitting cells, designed to be infected by an engineered virus that delivered the odor's chemical specification. Any existing plant could be adapted as necessary.'' Harriet maintained a range of exotic flowers as a contingency for urgent requests. "'Only if we take the commission,' I said. "'I'm worried about it.' "'You're always worried!' "'That's my job,' I said. "'I'm the business manager. "'I need to keep us afloat.' "'All right,' said Harriet, in a conciliatory tone. "'What are you worried about?' "'The client wants to criticise someone for being racist. "'But what if we make the flower and it gets embraced by the far right? "'Some nationalist group could adopt it as their symbol.' The public would view us as standing behind the racists, selling them their official flower. It would ruin our reputation. Harriet tried to interrupt, but I overrode her. When I start worrying, there's no stopping me. Then the racists could plant the flower everywhere, which was what the austerity rebels had done with our poisonous politicians, and the pheromone might inspire racist attacks. Someone could get murdered and it would be our fault. I paused to recover my breath. There's no need for nightmares, said Harriet. "'as if consoling a child terrified by monsters in the wardrobe. "'Racists don't call themselves that. "'They use euphemisms. "'They wouldn't touch a flower explicitly branded as racism. "'If the idea did creep into their mind, "'the plant itself would put them off. "'I'll make it an ugly bloom with a nasty scent, "'undercurrents of fear and paranoia, that kind of thing.' "'I nodded, somewhat reassured. "'This is the language of flowers,' Herrick went on, "'and the language needs words.' "'It's our job to supply the words that people want to use. "'I'm glad this request has come along, "'because it proves that the flower language can say meaningful things, "'and it's not just a silly gimmick.' "'From her tone, I could tell she was quoting someone who'd upset her. "'Perhaps another gallery had rejected her proposal for an exhibition. "'I'm sick of not being taken seriously,' Harriet said. "'Just because I'm a woman, and flowers are seen as feminine trivialities, "'people think it isn't real art. "'But this commission is perfect. Racism is serious.' and that means we're serious. It's automatic credibility! Harriet worked through evenings and nights to create the flowers in time. On the day of the memorial service, Vanessa arrived to collect them, accompanied by her two boisterous sons. I kept a wary eye on the children in case they damaged the showroom displays, as the bouquet under my desk was leaking a toxic cloud of fear and suspicion. I brought out the flowers, eager to be rid of them. "'Well, those are ugly,' Vanessa said. "'I'd tied the bunch with velvet ribbons. "'But that was the sole resemblance to a conventional bouquet. "'Harriet had adapted the flower from a relative of Toothwort, "'a parasitic plant that completely lacked chlorophyll "'and hence had a pale, diseased appearance. "'Vanessa raised the blooms to her nose for a sniff. "'She winced and her eyes watered. "'That's exactly it!' she exclaimed. "'Are you sure you want to go through with this?' I asked. I knew Harriet would be annoyed if her flower went unseen. But Vanessa looked tense and angry, like someone on the brink of doing something rash before regretting it. Absolutely! Vanessa shoved her credit card into the reader so hard that it almost broke the machine. You could skip the memorial service instead, I suggested. She glanced at me, puzzled. Don't you want to sell these? I just want our customers to be happy, I said, whatever it takes. Vanessa grabbed the bouquet. "'Telling the truth is more important,' she said, as she stalked away. "'I updated the Ormond and Chase website, "'adding a picture of the racism plant to the Language of Flowers page. "'Sadly, or perhaps fortunately, "'there was no way to upload the flower's unpleasant odour. "'When I clicked to view all, I saw a gratifyingly long list of plants. "'Harriet kept toiling away, creating new vocabulary.' I used to joke with her, asking how she would represent concepts like anti-disestablishmentarianism. I stopped when I realised that she viewed the jokes as a challenge. She wanted to make flowers for every conceivable circumstance. In her ideal world, our gardens would expand across the entire Tamar Valley, and everyone would communicate by giving each other flowers. For the rest of the day, I felt a lingering unease. What might happen at the memorial service? I imagined a riot sparked by the sight of someone foreign-looking. As Harriet always tells me, I worry too much. Rationally, I knew my fears were unwarranted. A flower of pheromones aren't mind-control, they just communicate a feeling. And the racism, Buco, would be drowned out by all the other messages in the wreaths we had supplied. Hard work, distinction, truth. Really, if anything was going to happen, it should be a mass outbreak of rectitude. Next morning, the verbena was nearing its prime, so I harvested a few grey stems bedecked with tiny violet florets. Verbena means sensibility, which we use in our Austin bouquets. Sense and sensibility is a running joke. I always say that I'm sense and Harriet's sensibility. The Pride and Prejudice package barely sells. The pheromones aren't exactly must-haves. Much more popular is our Love and Friendship bouquet, inspired by one of Austin's juvenile works, the friendship plant has a quirkily misshapen leaf to represent Austin's misspelling. Just as I finished watering the displays, two men marched into the showroom. They were in late middle age, smartly dressed, with stern expressions. "'Good morning,' one of them barked. "'We'd like to see the manager.' "'That's me,' I said. "'Travis Chase.' He gave me a stiff nod of acknowledgement. "'I'm Daniel Trevithick, and this is Peter Penhallow. real are councillors on Cornwall Council.' We're also Stannators. The Stannery League was formerly led by our esteemed colleague, the late Miles Jalbert. Sounded like a military briefing. His memorial service was yesterday, Trevor Thick went on. I understand you supplied the flowers. That's right, I said. Cypress for mourning, red clover for hard work, white chrysanthemum for truth, and an ugly little weed that apparently means racism, Trevor Thick interrupted. He glared at me. I stared back refusing to be intimidated. Trevor Thicke was a monochrome palette with a black moustache, grey-tinged beard, and severely cropped white hair. It quite spoiled the day, Penhallow said, leaning on his walking stick. In other circumstances, I would have invited the visitors to sit down, but I didn't like their attitude. The flowers stood out for being so ugly. Everyone wondered what they were. Then someone found your website. We were all horrified. What a thing to say! I imagined Vanessa Gilbert smiling amid the commotion. "'Some of us wanted to get rid of the flowers,' said Penhallow, "'but we were overruled. "'It would have drawn even more attention to them,' Trevor told him impatiently. He turned to me. "'Those flowers should never have been there in the first place. "'They were completely inappropriate.' "'They were commissioned,' I said. "'It's not my place to decide what people can and can't say.' "'Your language is full of left-wing bias!' Trevor Thicke bellowed. Miles wasn't a racist, he was a patriot! But your website doesn't list anything for patriotism! "'I'm not left-wing,' I said, offended. "'I run a business. I'm trying to turn a profit. "'Patriotism isn't in stock because no-one's asked for it.' "'We hadn't yet engineered every single plant "'in the traditional Victorian vocabulary. "'If you want to commission it, I'd be very happy to take your order.' "'That's not what we came for,' Trevor Thicke snapped. "'I know,' Penhallow said. "'But it's an interesting idea.' "'Maybe we should have patriotic flowers. "'It would be a way of distancing ourselves from all those other ones.' "'We wouldn't need to do that if someone hadn't ruined the memorial service. "'Who was it?' Trevor Thick demanded. "'Who ordered those disgusting weeds?' "'I was surprised they didn't know, "'but perhaps Vanessa had surreptitiously slipped her bouquet into the display. "'I don't gossip about my clients,' I said. "'Trevor Thick looked round theatrically, "'taking in the showroom and the view through the windows of the gardens outside. Fine business you're running here, he said. As a councillor, I know a lot of legislation applies to premises like this. Are you sure everything's in order? Fire safety, waste disposal, biohazard containment. These gardens must need a lot of upkeep. Do you employ any illegal immigrants? What about your paperwork? Licences, insurance, hygiene certificates. Maybe you're overdue for an inspection. I tried to keep up with regulations, but you can never be sure you've conquered all the red tape. Although the threat worried me. I didn't let it show. I don't know if you noticed, but you drove here across a rather large bridge. Your council is in Cornwall, which is the other side of the river. This is Devon. We do liaise with our colleagues in Devon, said Trevor Thick, doing his best to make bureaucracy sound like a threat. Well, feel free to liaise away, but if you disrupt my business, I won't be able to make you a patriotism flower. Would you like to commission one? Not if it's as ugly as that last thing, Penello said with distaste. It won't be, I assured him in the Victorian language of flowers, patriotism was represented by the nasturtium. That's a nice, traditional plant, and as no one's ordered it before, we can customize it for you. Harriet normally insisted on creative control, but this was an emergency modification. Would you like any particular colour, or oh, red, white, and blue for the Union Jack? Of course, said Penhallow. No, just red and white, like the English flag, said Trevory, the cross of St George, or maybe black and white, Penhallow said. The flag of Cornwall is a white cross on a black background, he told me, with the manner of a teacher addressing a dense schoolboy who deserved a clip round the ear. Perhaps we can finalise the colour later, I said. As for the pheromone in the flower, I guess the emotion is mostly pride. Maybe some nostalgia as well, for the way things used to be. Penhallow nodded. That sounds about right. I'll put it on the agenda for our next meeting. Whether we need a flower, what it should be like. There isn't time to set up a subcommittee and argue over details. "'Trevor Thick said. "'If we're having this flower, "'we need it ready for the launch of the Miles Gelbert Foundation.' "'When's the deadline?' I asked. "'Fairly soon,' he said. "'A foundation is a charity to help local people find affordable housing. "'Outsiders keep pushing up prices by buying second homes, "'which makes it hard for young people to live here. "'Miles wanted to help the next generation of Cornishmen. "'He established a foundation before his death and left his money to it. "'The trustees have already been looking at properties and screening applicants.' When we acquire the first house, there will be a photo opportunity, presenting the keys to a local family. Trevor Thick gazed at me with a smug smile. He thought he'd proved that Miles Gilbert was a good man, who didn't deserve to be smeared as a racist. Remembering Vanessa's description of her grandfather's behaviour, I wondered how the Foundation would define local families. I had my suspicions. Normally I try to make customers happy, but I don't like being threatened and patronised. I wanted to say, instead of putting the pheromone into a flower, we should put it into an English bulldog, so it shits out great steaming turds of patriotism everywhere it goes. However, I had a better plan in mind. The foundation sounds like a worthy cause, I said. When you buy the first house, you might want to check the garden for inappropriate plants. You don't want to undermine your image by being photographed next to any lavender or marigolds. If you like, I could come and remodel the garden for you. Yes, we don't want to repeat what happened at the memorial service. Penhallow said. ''No inappropriate flowers. Just charity and patriotism.'' I smiled. ''We'll make it represent you exactly.'' ''Have you got time to tweak some nasturtiums?'' I asked Harriet. ''We've had a request for patriotism.'' She sighed. ''Patriotism? We ought to be selling something more refined.'' ''Like what?'' ''This is my latest pheromone,'' Harriet said. ''Smell it!'' I had little choice, as Harriet immediately shoved the pink freesia into my face. As soon as I breathed in, I got a whiff of... What? Something indescribable. I felt like a visitor to a surreal museum with no labels or catalogues, a collection of unnameable dreams. "'What's that?' I asked, amazed. Harriet smiled. "'It is what it is. There's no need for a description in words.' Smell is the most primal scent reaching deep inside the brain. In the old days we needed words to communicate because we couldn't make tailored sense. Now that we can, words are obsolete. Not long ago I was annoyed at Harriet for wanting to move on from her old merchandise, the caricature plants we used to sell. Nowadays I felt she was too fixated upon her current creations. I wished I could wangle a gallery exhibition for the language of flowers, giving her the recognition she craved and implicit permission to move on. Harriet, I can't list a product on the website without using words to describe it. But never mind that. Right now, our client wants patriotism. Ah, the sordid realities of commerce, Harriet said. I suppose I'll need to whip up a patriotic pheromone. It should evoke pride and nostalgia and disagreement. I remembered Trevor Thick and Penhallow standing at odds with each other. Patriotism only exists because the world is divided into nations. Think about football. You can't support your country without wanting the other team to lose. ''Yes, there's an element of discord,'' said Harriet. ''As for the flower, the obvious colour is red, the colour of blood.'' The launch of the Miles Gelbert Foundation took place at the hillside cottage overlooking the sea. I arrived long before everyone else and spent hours overhauling the garden to remove off-message plants, replacing them with Penhallow's requested symbols. Turnips are an unglamorous vegetable on the plate, but their attractive yellow blossoms represent charity.'' Alongside them, and outnumbering them, I installed patriotism in the form of Harriet's engineered nasturtiums, staked in neat rows like ranks of soldiers. Their flowers were blood-red trumpets. At lunchtime, the stanneters began to arrive. Penhallow stood by the gate and watched me work. When I threw the unwanted plants onto the compost heap, he said, That's a bit prejudiced, isn't it? What do you mean? I asked. Last night I met the chairman of the Lavender Marketing Board, he said. "'They're not very happy with you. "'Why well, does lavender supposedly mean mistrust?' "'And it's not just lavender,' he pointed to the orange marigolds I'd discarded. "'What's their problem?' "'In the language of flowers, they're cruelty,' I said. "'You asked me to get rid of all the inappropriate plants. "'But these meanings are arbitrary, aren't they? "'And flowers haven't done anything wrong. "'They're unfairly maligned, tarred with negative associations. "'That seems rather cruel.' Penhallow paused. "'One might even call it racist.' I laughed. Racism against plants? That's absurd. Maybe so, maybe not. Racism is a toxic accusation, no matter how absurd. Mud will stick to anyone. His cheeks flushed with anger. Miles was a good friend of mine and his memorial service was ruined. Today's launch needs to run perfectly. If your flowers create the slightest disturbance, there will be consequences. Let's see how you like it when you're the evil racist. The lavender marketing board are right behind me. There's nothing here except what you asked for, I said, striving to remain calm. Now, if you'll excuse me, I've been working all morning, so I need to go and freshen up. Before he could reply, I walked away. I slipped through the cottage's back door and headed for the bathroom to take a shower. The refreshing sting of hot water soothed my tired muscles and washed away the garden grime. As I showered, I contemplated Penhallow's ultimatum. I understood his desire to commemorate his friend and whitewash Gilbert's reputation, but he had taken the wrong tack. This was the second time the staniters had resorted to threat, and it wasn't growing on me. I resolved to continue with my scheme. Back in the garden, the sun was warm, almost stifling. No wind shook the plants. The nasturtium's honey-like scent lingered in the air, overpowering any hint of salt from the ocean below. The lawn had acquired a row of lightweight folding tables, ready for the buffet. I added a nasturtium at every place setting. I still had a few flowers left, and I wanted to use them all, so I popped back into the cottage to look for a vase. In the lounge, which badly needed new carpet and wallpaper, I bumped into Vanessa Gelbert. ''Oh, hello,'' I said. i just met Penhallow. I should warn you, he's still angry about the memorial service.'' ''Oh, they've guessed it was me,'' she said. ''That's why I'm hiding in here for the time being.'' I'll come out when they begin the speeches. You planning another protest? I asked. No, I already made my point. My grandfather is dead, I can't alter what he did, and neither can he. I always hoped that one day he might change, might realise how workful he was, maybe even apologise. Vanessa took a deep breath and sighed. <sighs> I was dreaming, I guess. But while he was alive, there was always a faint chance. There was no chance at all. So, I've got to put that behind me and move forward. I still have to deal with the rest of the family. That would be easier if we tried to forget old grudges. I came along today to make a fresh start. She wore an expression of grim determination. I think you're doing the right thing. Not that my opinion counts. It's not my place to tell you how to deal with this. But I have an idea for something you could do if you wanted. I paused until she gestured me to continue. After their speeches, maybe you could step up and say a few words yourself. They'll expect you to denounce him, but you can rise above that, take the moral high ground, be gracious if you can bear it, and maybe they'll show who they really are. I wanted to reassure her that she would still see the Stanitor's noxious attitudes challenged, but I wasn't sure if my plan would work, so I only hinted rather than promised. Vanessa nodded slowly. I have been wondering whether I should speak. Say something nice, you reckon?' "'I'll see if I can think of anything. "'It might take me a while. "'Then I'll leave you to it,' I said. "'I found a vase in the kitchen "'and filled it with water. "'I put the last of the nasturtiums inside "'then placed it as a centrepiece "'on the buffet table. "'A clutch of people stood on the lawn. Gelbert's family "'and a few Stannery League bigwigs. "'I was pleased to meet a journalist "'from the local paper. "'Susanna Munro had copper hair, "'thick-framed glasses and a Scottish accent. "'She looked very young to be so far from home.' I suppose aspiring journalists, like anyone else, have to start somewhere. On the cottage's front doorstep, Trevor Thicke began his speech. ''Local houses for local people,'' he declaimed. ''Miles Gilbert devoted his life to serving Cornwall, standing up for Cornish folk, bringing our communities together, fighting the outsiders who want to destroy our way of life.'' More of this followed. Much more. Eventually Trevor Thicke produced a shiny set of keys from his pocket. On behalf of the Miles Gilbert Foundation, I am delighted to present the first, but not the last, affordable local house to a deserving local family. The new owners stepped forward to receive the keys, grinning in delight. A brawny fisherman and his goth chick girlfriend, they held hands rather touchingly as they each expressed their gratitude. I noticed that they were both white. The onlookers applauded while Trevithick gazed benevolently down from the doorstep like an ancient feudal landlord receiving homage from 4 tugging peasants. The crowd began drifting towards a buffet. A high-pitched voice cried, ''Wait a moment!'' Vanessa Gelbert approached the doorstep. Trevorthick glared at her, but stood aside. ''I'm Miles Gelbert's granddaughter,'' she said, ''and I just want to add a few words. I guess most of you came to the memorial service. You might have seen some strange flowers, which caused a lot of fuss.'' I was the one who ordered those flowers. Shame on you, someone shouted. Ignoring this, Vanessa continued. I was upset at the way everyone kept talking about my grandfather, as though he was some kind of saint. I knew he wasn't, so I brought the flowers as a silent protest. But it was the wrong day to do that, and I want to apologise. Today, we've all seen Miles Gilbert at his best. He cared about people, and he cared about Cornwall. Here are some new flowers, showing what the Stannery League stand for. She bent down and plucked a nasturtium from the nearest flower bed. Brandishing it like a sword, she said, This is what my grandfather believed in. Patriotism! Applause broke out. Unlike Trevor Thick, she didn't stay to milk it. She immediately scurried away, avoiding everyone's gaze, and only stopped walking when she almost crashed into the garden fence. Throughout all this, I'd stood at the back of the crowd, out of everyone's way, since I was only the gardener. Vanessa ended up next to me, ''That was brave,'' I said quietly. She shrugged. ''I remembered you telling me that the language of flowers is like any other language. You can lie with it.'' Vanessa threw the nasturtium onto the compost heap, as though flinging away garbage. Although she didn't say it, I reckon she'd apologise to show that it was possible, and prove herself a better person than her grandfather. ''Let's get a bite to eat,'' I said. We sat near the end of the table, tucking into crab sandwiches, followed by scones with Cornish-clotted cream. At each place setting, a blood-red nasturtium contrasted vividly with the white tablecloth. A few of the stannisters had pinned nasturtiums into their blazers, which they wore despite the heat. The scent of the flowers mingled with the smell of the food. All the patriotism plants throughout the garden, in flowerbeds, vases and buttonholes, were slowly wafting their pheromones into people's noses. Bottles of wine and pims kept arriving, I accepted a glass of pims and lemonade, accessorized with strawberries and a sprig of mint. Strawberries mean perfect excellence, and mint means virtue. But I was hoping to see the opposite. I waited for a pause in conversation, and addressed the table. Do you reckon we'll ever see an independent Cornwall? Not in my lifetime, Penhallow said. Still we keep the customs alive, keep the language alive. Those vs can be bothered to learn the language, said another stammerer. He drained his pims. "'slammed the glass on the table and exclaimed, Star! "'Bless you,' someone else said with a mischievous tone. "'The language is a side issue,' said Trevithick. "'Even independence is a side issue. "'What matters is self-determination, controlling our own lives. "'The label is irrelevant. "'We just need to resist the meddling outsiders, wherever they come from.' "'He shot piercing glances at his fellow diners, "'as though one of us might be a foreign spy. "'Hearing this discussion,' The journalist dragged her chair closer. ''Which outside is he thinking of?'' she asked. ''Europe,'' he said with disgust. ''Fishing quotas and God knows what else. Even after Brexit, we still haven't freed ourselves more their barmy regulations.'' ''You were keen enough on regulations when you wanted to threaten my business with an inspection,'' I said. Trevor Thick scowled at me and refilled his wine glass. Penhallow said, "Our independent Cornwall could rejoin the EU and get a better deal.'' A murmur of assent rippled round the table. "'Our Europe does a lot of good in supporting minority languages,' said the Cornish enthusiast. "'Fuck the minority languages,' Trevor Thick said. A hush descended. "'What did you say?' demanded Penhallow. Trevor Thick stood up. "'I said forget about Cornish!' His chair toppled backward onto the grass. "'And forget independence as well, at least for now. Let's be practical about what we can achieve. We're a part of England!' If we strengthen England, then we strengthen Cornwall. Bullshit, Penhallow said. Still, it's no more than I expect from an incomer. You're a lot of interlopers, but the Penhallows have been Cornish since time immemorial. He struggled out of his chair, cursing his arthritic knees, but eventually managed to face off against Trevethick. They glared at each other across the table. Trevethick said, "That's rich. Your mother was Welsh. It's all Celtic." Penhallow exclaimed, "There's really no such thing as a Celt." said the Cornish speaker, grinning. Don't you start that again, Penhallow said. Look, it's all very simple, said the fisherman and proud new homeowner. In golf, in the Ryder Cup, we support Europe. At the Olympics, we support Great Britain. For rugby, we support England. At cricket, we support Cornwall, reigning minor counties champions. He paused for cheers and continued. And in football, we support Truro, or Totten, but definitely not Plymouth. More cheers and jeers erupted. Plymouth is in Devon. There aren't any elite clubs in Cornwall. Penhallow shuffled round the table until he stood directly in front of Trevor Thicke. Jabbing his walking stick, he demanded, ''Who do you support?'' ''At football, England,'' Trevor Thicke said. ''It's not as if Cornwall could ever qualify for the World Cup. It'd be thrashed 8-0 by San Marino.'' ''Oh, well, you think we're capable of giving San Marino a game,'' said penhallow ''Maybe we could even take on Luxembourg or Liechtenstein. What do you reckon, lads?'' He glanced over his shoulder for support and waved his stick as though whipping up a crowd. Stop poking that stick at me! Trevor Thicke grabbed the walking stick and yanked it out of Penhallow's grasp. Give it back, you traitor! Penhallow barged forward, shoving Trevor Thicke. A scuffle developed. The other stanniters waded in. I glanced towards Susanna Monroe. The journalist watched intently, her head motionless so that her glasses could record the scene. She didn't take her gaze off the melee until it fizzled out with cries of, "Oh, mind my hip! I've just had that replaced!' Susanna grinned with the glee of a journalist, discovering a spicier story than the anodyne charity event she'd expected. She reached for a nasturtium from the centrepiece vase and sniffed it. "'Powerful stuff!' she commented. "'Patriotism sends people to war. A scent needs to be powerful to evoke that,' I said. "'But this particular plant is only a single word, "'and there's a whole language of flowers.' I have a floristry business just across the Tamar. Is that in your beat? As if there's a story, Susanna said. I'm sure there is. I'd be happy to show you around the gardens. I'll see what we have for journalists. Maybe some truth and tenacity and controversy. Harriet designs all the plants. She'd love to talk to someone who'll take her seriously. We exchanged business cards. I don't think anyone will take the Stannery League seriously when all this gets out, Vanessa said, smiling. I'm glad I came. She pointed to the flowers and winked at me. A complicit glance flashed between us. "'It's certainly been, shall we say,' I dropped my voice to a whisper, "'a banana skin for them.' I was glad she'd had the sense not to be too specific out loud, in case the Stanitors overheard us. They couldn't prove sabotage. I'd supplied exactly what they claimed to represent, and they'd showed how they lived up to it. "'They were responsible for their own behaviour but if Penhallow subsequently blamed me and started a smear campaign accusing us of racism against lavender and marigolds, then I'd fight back. I'd point out that I hadn't created the traditional meanings. They came from the Victorian era. Of course, the Victorians were notorious racists. We'd need to acknowledge that. Maybe we could preempt the issue by raising it ourselves. Harriet had been trying to set up a gallery exhibition of her work, but snooty curators had dismissed her art as mere gimmickry. If we link the language of flowers to the Victorian mindset of racism and sexism, that should provide enough intellectual credibility for a gallery show. Harriet would be delighted. And so would I. Every exhibition needs a gift shop. If all else failed, we could abandon the whole product line and create something new. We'd done it before, we could do it again. Meanwhile, the Staniters, remembering that a journalist was present, had smoothed over their little spat, or pretended to. Now they all stood in a circle... Raising their glasses in a toast. Car on cornwall well. They looked like they were finally happy. I got up and nodded to Vanessa and Susanna. Goodbye, ladies. It's been a pleasure. I must say I'll be glad to get back to Devon.
2: And there you go. Big thank you to Ian. Ian, what can I say? Honestly, man, thank you so much. I was going to say, just keep on. You do. Man, you're churning them out there, lad. Thank you so much. And Matt, Matt it is an honour to have you on the show. Honestly, it is a pure honour. Thank you so much indeed, gentlemen. So that is 542. Tucked up and put to bed. Did you hear that? Oh, very unprofessional. Look after yourselves and until next week just let's like see. Good night from me. This presentation
1: has been brought to you by the District of Wonders Network, dedicated to podcasting the finest genre fiction. You can learn more about the District of Wonders and their many literary productions at their website www.districtofwonders.com.
0: Thank you for listening. <laughs> Yeah, much, I've barely left the ground I'm tuning in to your transmissions, I'm mooning, waiting to be found And I'm building rockets, I'm pointing them to the moon But the work is going slowly, it won't get to you anytime soon Can you reach me? Is my signal getting my say I might already be on to you and on my way but you're so far from here and at best i move moving slow so I'm waiting on your call at home with nowhere to go can you reach me is my signal getting Rocket ships, I need only the will to fly. I'm still building word by word, and I'll get out there by and by. I'll get out there by and by. I'll get out there. I'll get out there by and by. I'll get out there by and by. I'll get out.